Hello guys, welcome to the Melagram Show, where we explore the big questions in life. Today, we are talking about the purpose of life with Pastor Bill Cohen, who has studied the Bible for over 30 plus years. He has also written several books, with the latest being God's Only Law. Unfortunately, I haven't had the chance or let's say the opportunity to complete them, but from all I've read, they are actually worth reading. Pastor Cohen, thanks for joining us here today. Well, thank you, Daniel. So, Pastor Cohen, can you tell us more about yourself, like what you do, your mission? Just tell us about you as a person. Well, I think when I'm, if I were going to try to describe my life, because that's what, kind of what you're asking for, uh, my life had has had three parts to it. The first part, from birth to age 43, I was in rebellion. Um, I didn't know God and I didn't want to know God. I wasn't interested in finding him. And then in, when I turned 43, I had two young children and I decided I would like to know more about why are we here? What, what's the purpose of this life? So I can try to make a difference in their lives because I've been seeing the same kinds of uh, things happening in the world that had been happening for all the time I'd been living. And they were not, not a lot of them are not nice things. So I started reading and I read, I got to C.S. Lewis, a book he, he wrote called Mere Christianity. And he asked a question in it that drove me to the Bible. And so from 43 to 56, I kept reading the Bible over and over and over and over again and questioning. And I started to meet with pastors and talk to them and, and try to get understanding. And so I, I call that period um, wrestling. So I'm trying to find out during that period, I was trying to find out, does God really exist? Is he real? Um, because if he's not, then I can't have him be my Lord of my life. I need to figure out something else. And it was C.S. Lewis that got me to, to look at the God of the Bible as the, as the one that I thought was probably the best shot at finding God. Oh, then, um, after 13 years, I finally accepted uh, Jesus as my savior. And when I did that, I started a new period in my life. So the first period was re rebelling, where I did what I wanted to do, not what God tells us to do. And the second period, I was trying to figure out, is God really who he says he is? And then the third period is reasoning with him. So that's to try to understand what he's telling us, how he's telling us to live in this life, what he's telling us to do in this life. So you get purpose out of that too. And uh, that period where you're reasoning is not about me changing God or him changing anything about himself because he never changes. It's about me understanding him better and changing my own life. So I like to think of, um, there, are two, there are two cities I will describe. One city is called the city of God. That's the one we're going to live with God you know, for all eternity. And the city of man, that's the one we're living in here on this, in this life. And in these two cities, I, there are things that are happening in this city, the city of man, which I don't like. I don't want to be part of those. So <clears throat> I can't change what other people do, but I can change what I do. And that's what reasoning is all about. So I'm looking for what are the things in my life that fit into the city of man, but don't fit into the city of God. I need to get rid of those things in my life. And so that's what I've been doing. Okay, thanks, Pastor, for telling us about yourself. 
So I heard when you said there was a time we were wrestling, trying to believe if God was real, if he's not. I think a lot of us have passed through that stage across the globe. And also, there are also few of us out there who actually know, oh, yeah, God is real, but we find it hard to follow his word, to follow the rules, and, you know, different temptations everywhere. So, yeah, there are a lot of us out there like that too. So I think we all go through that, all those phases. So, Pastor, what do you believe is the true purpose of life? according to the Bible? Well, if let me use an analogy. If I look at a plane, get in a plane, ride it to wherever it's going, get off the plane, the first thing I have to ask myself before I even try to figure out what's the purpose of that plane, even though I experienced it, is who created it and why? Because there were engineers that designed that plane to do exactly what, it, what happened when I went on that little flight. So they're the ones that are going to describe the purpose of that plane. So if I want to know the purpose of my, my life, I have to go to the one that created me. And that's why I wrestled with him so long, to try to believe, to figure out whether I could really trust that he is the God he says he is, the creator of everything, or is evolution the answer or some other answer. Um, so first I determined that I, I did a lot of research in a lot of different areas and there was no doubt in my mind after 13 years that, that only a God could have created everything that we see. And if he created it all, then he is already telling us what the purpose of our life is. So the purpose of our life is really simple. It's not complicated. He tells us in the Bible that he loves us unconditionally. And that means he, everything he does is out of love. And so he also says that God is love. So we know he, he not only lives that way, he is love. So everything he does is out of love. And that chain, if you use that framework, when you're thinking about his design and how, what we're supposed to do, that changes everything. That, now all of a sudden we can start trusting him because if he really loves us, he's really out for our best interest. So in Jeremiah as an example, he, he talks about uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, he's, he's telling us we have an expected end. That means he's seen the end already. He already knows what the end is. And it's good. And it's for us if we choose to do it. But because he loves us unconditionally, he can't force us to love him. So he has to give us the freedom to reject him or to love him, return his love. And that's... That's the key to the next step in, in what we do with our lives. Because if once we trust him and we accept his love and we start returning it, then we, we're going to start following his only law. There's only one law he, ha he has, and that is to love everybody else the way he loves us. That's what he tells us to do. Love him and everybody else that way. And if you think about it, if everybody did that, we wouldn't need any laws. Nobody would be hurting anybody. No one would be stealing from anybody. Nobody would be, you know, trying to uh, take something uh, from someone else, like a wife or whatever. There wouldn't be adultery. All those things would go away. So life would be what I would call a great description of the city of God. And so what is our purpose? Our purpose is to return his love. And once we do that, then he tells us what the great commission is. Go out and tell everybody else. Because what he wants is 
everybody to learn about him and his love so that they can be in eternity with him as part of his family. But he can't force us to do that. We have to do it for ourselves. It has to be a choice. <clears throat> yes, so like we said earlier on, on the last episode of this podcast, life is a choice. Everybody has a choice to make and no one is going to make your choices for you. So the choices you make, you face the consequences. If you decide not to follow God now and when the end comes, you are going to face judgment on your own because at the end, life is more of an individual race and God has given us rules or certain criteria to meet, to qualify to enter his city or his kingdom, anyhow you describe it. So pastor, thank you for sharing your thoughts on it. And if you listen closely, all he was saying was the main purpose of life there was love and we just need to love one another because the person who created us loved us so much that he even gave his only begotten son to die for us on the cross to cleanse our sins so pastor thank you once more for your contribution oh you're welcome Danny. so there are a lot of us out there who find it hard to find our purpose in life the question now is how do we find it I mean, how did you find yours? And and really, how like how do you think we should go about finding us? Like, what's your advice on finding our own purpose? Well, I think if we if we read the Bible, we're going to find our own purpose because the more we read the Bible, the closer we get to God, the more we understand who He is and how we, how He has designed everything to work together for good. So in Romans eight twenty eight, that's what He tells us. Boom, all things work together for good for those that love God and are called to his, according to his purpose. So his purpose is to create a family that's going to live with him for all eternity in love with each other. That's his purpose. And so we, we're just doing our part in helping that purpose happen once we understand who he is and how much he loves us. Because if he loves us that much, what, what else should we be doing? Yes. If you love that much, what else should we be doing? So, I think, yeah, your pinpoint on that. Do we just need to get closer to God to find our purpose? That's what you're saying right now, sir. He calls it our daily bread. And that's his word. That's what our daily... Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word from God. Yes. So that's, that's what he's telling us. That's our daily bread. We need to... And the more we get into it, the more all this other stuff, these temptations you talked about earlier, become less important. They go away. And that's what I've experienced in my life. They're gone. I, I don't, I'm not drawn to them anymore. I don't care about them. I don't care about who's got money or who's famous or who's wealthy or who's got power. I don't, none of that stuff matters to me anymore. What matters to me is how do you, what's your heart like? like how you treat your friends or your wife, your kids? Uh, that's what matters to me. Because that's what matters to God. Because at the end of the day, I've I've said this over and over again to several people. But when when we die, what really matters most isn't the money we made or the physical assets we accumulated over our lifetime, but it is the moments we spent with people that actually count. Yes. I agree. So, 
<clears throat> yeah, thanks. Thanks, Pastor, for agreeing with me. So, a lot of people, including me, I'm not saying I'm all right, just I'm just saying, including me, find it hard to resist temptation at times, not all the time, at times. You know, there are times when we are weak and we actually need to like resist, but at times we don't resist. And I believe that could be a hindrance in fulfilling our purpose because I believe the more we sin, the more we drift away from God. So how do we overcome temptations of the flesh? Well, first, let me say that you, you're never going to be perfect in this life. It's not possible because if it was possible for you to do that on your own, then Christ wouldn't have had to come and die on the cross. So that's never going to happen. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, what I would say to you is that the best thing to do is to look at your life and see what fits in with the way God does things and wants things done and what doesn't. Okay. The only way you'll know that is if you read the Bible. So we read more to fight temptations. Sure. That's yeah, and there's this part of the Bible where Jesus was having this, I don't know, I think it was a scriptural battle when the devil tempted him and he said things like, get behind me, Satan. And, and Satan brought up words from the Bible where he said, I think, something about God saying he wouldn't allow his child's feet to touch the ground, that angels are always there to protect him. And then Jesus brought up a counter. I don't know if you've read that part of the Bible or if you if you know the story more. You should know the story more than me. <laughs> I do know the story. <laughs> That's when the fourth book. I was thinking. <laughs> That's the time he was in the desert being tempted by the Satan. But he also said that to Peter. He told Peter to get behind me, Satan. That's what he called said to Peter when Peter tried to tell him that he would not be, he would not turn himself in and, and be killed and uh, and and Peter didn't understand that this is part of God's plan. So if he doesn't do that, then he's he's actually being Satan trying to talk Jesus out of sacrificing himself for all of us. And uh, so anytime we do anything outside of God's purpose, remember, he's designed everything to work together for good. So when we live our lives in a way that um, recognizes the, the way he's created everything to work together, we'll be happy. Every, we'll have joy. Whether we're happy or not is another story. That's that's dependent on situations and circumstances. But joy we can always have no matter what happens around us. And that comes from knowing our God and, and the hope we have in him of an eternal life. So this, this little bit of time we have on this earth is nothing compared to the time we're going to spend with God. So, Yeah, I do to you 100%. Heaven, the new earth is like a whole, a whole dream. It's like the, the perfect world, living in a perfect world. That's exactly what it is. And obviously, we can't compare life on earth to life on the new earth. God has promised us already. So, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna add something to because I wanted to talk about sanctification. So, because you talked about how do we stop temptations and everything. That's what this reasoning period is all about. It's called sanctification in the Bible. That's what God calls it. So this is the period we're trying to become more like Jesus, give up the parts of our lives that are not that are from us and not God, and then live more of our lives like Jesus. So he created us in his image, 
that's how we're supposed to be. So I can, you know, I can give you lots of examples, but um, just a real life example here in, in my neighborhood. There's a street that has one lane in each direction, but it splits into two lanes um, at a light because people go into a hospital, that light leads into a hospital. So people will come down onto that street and they'll get to the light and instead of staying in the one lane, they get in the right lane so that they can now pass some cars. Oh, and I say this because this is what I used to do. <laughs> so I was looking at my <laughs> life. I'm not criticizing other people. <laughs> so I was reading the Bible one day and I said, now, how is that? How is that loving my neighbor? If I'm going to get out of line and pass them. And then when the lanes merge back into one lane, I'm ahead of them now. So I just got, it's like waiting in line at some, some place, a theater or whatever, and getting out of line, moving in front of somebody else. And that, that's not loving my neighbor. So I said, I, I have to stop doing that. So I stopped doing it. I said, but now they start, people are still passing me on the right now at that light. And I start looking at myself. I'm not, I feel like, why are they doing that? They shouldn't be doing that. But that was me just days ago. So <laughs> I'm, I have to understand, okay, what lesson can I learn from this? Well, the lesson that Jesus taught us is to not judge other people. That's God's job, not ours. So until they have the judgment on their heart, from the Holy Spirit and say, oh, that probably is not loving my neighbor when I pass, then they'll get out of line. They, they won't They won't do that going past the other people. But one of the problems I had is when I first did it and I started, I was irritated by these people passing me, when the lanes would merge back, I would make it difficult for somebody to get in. And so that's, again, I had to look at myself, not them. What, what does that say? Well, I, I'm not forgiving them. And that's another big thing Jesus told us. We all have to forgive everybody. We have to love our enemies. We have to forgive everybody. So now I get in that one lane and people pass me on the right and I don't even think about it anymore. And when they come back to merge, I let them in. I let them merge. That's how we change by sanctification, it's called. It's looking at our own lives, not trying to judge other people or looking at other people's lives, looking at our own lives and changing the things that aren't biblical, that aren't showing God's love to other people. That's how you change. Thank you, Pastor Cohen, for adding that. I'm, I would to say I'm quite, the story is kind of funny because you said you were trying to like overrun them and now you change and now they are the ones overtaking you. And <laughs> obviously <laughs> at first, it's going to be looking worksy and all and you're going to say to yourself, oh, why don't I just continue like this? And you've been thinking like that at times, but you managed to completely change. And what what you said that I was most touched about was when you said you learned not to judge them and you just kept showing love to them. That is, is more than impressive because at the end of the day, what Jesus wanted us to do was to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And basically, the world we live in, if you love someone and they don't love you back, as a Christian, you're just meant to keep on loving them and pray that one day they find their salvation and they get sanctified too. So thank you, Pascal, for that addition. You're welcome. So, Pastor, what was your personal journey to finding your purpose like? Was it easy? Was it tough? What was it like? <clears throat> <clears throat> I 
Well, that's a good question. I, I think it's just part of the wrestling, the 13 years of wrestling. Um, because once you understand who God is, then it's all about what in my life is wrong that I need to fix. So, so I, it's not a one minute. If, if I were going to point to one thing that it would be the reason that I ended up making this process, this change, it's because in C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity, he said to me, Jesus, you can't say that Jesus is just a good man or a good teacher or he's moral or any of those things because he didn't give us that option. He said he was a son of God and he did it more than once. And he did it to the religious leaders and he called them vipers and hypocrites because they weren't living out of their hearts. They were living to the, the letter of the law without the spirit of the law, no spirit involved. And uh, so he attacked them. So I, for me, it's like, okay, I, as soon as I heard C.S. Lewis say that, I started thinking, well, okay, was, did he live his life like he was, you know, maybe a little crazy and just thought he was God? Or was he trying to fool people? Did he live his life where he was trying to fool people so he could gain something from it? Or was he really the son of God? So those are the three choices that C.S. Lewis talks about. And when I thought about the three, he certainly didn't do the other two. He certainly didn't live like he was a maniac. He treated yeah. people kindly, loved them, and he didn't end up getting power or money or any of those things. So the, o the only answer that makes any sense is that he really is the son of God. And so then you have to ask, well, then why did he want to come and die on a cross? And that's when you start reading the Bible and say, well, I got to find that out. And you'll find that out if you read the Bible. He came because none of us could ever be good enough to be in heaven. None of us. We're all flawed, broken people. And the only way we can get there is to lay down our lives for Jesus. And that means the part of us that doesn't fit in heaven, in the city of God. Lay it down. Give it up. And once you start doing it, it just gets easier and easier. Once you see, you know, because the first thing you try to give up it's like all of a sudden you're not going to be happy you're not going to have much as much fun you're not going to whatever you think i'm not going to whatever it is you're giving up you think it's going to be a problem but after you've done two or three of them you're going well heck it's actually better now than it was then you know so you have to actually experience it and as you do you you, you want the sanctification process to continue you want to get more of this stuff out of your life that doesn't fit yeah, I can agree with you because I've gone through that process. I think little bits of that process, but I'm still on the process of sanctification. Because when I started giving up some things because I was trying to follow, because I'm following Christ, as I given up some things, I saw my life was becoming better. I was becoming a more focused person. Then I was becoming more positive also. It's just different when you are following God, the way of God and how he wants your life to be. Life becomes better. That's how I see it. Yes, I agree. So, Pastor, what would you consider as the most important advice to people trying to give up their old life? Where should, where should we start from? Where you should know, everyone start from? I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead you right back to the same answer every time. It's read the Bible, because in the Bible, God has messages for you as an individual. You're going to read the Bible and some things are going to hit you because there's things you need to change. I'm going to read the Bible and I'm going to see things in there that I need to change. 
and how he'll make that obvious to me. So the Bible's different for every person, even though it's one story that tells the same story all the way through. It has all kinds of little things in it that are, that are actually for each of us individually. Yes, so, I can read agree with you. <laughs> read the Bible. So one thing I noticed you did on this whole podcast, this whole episode was every question that talks about us trying to find our purpose and temptations, everything, you let us right back to the Bible. Which shows us that, okay, you're not perfect, no one is perfect, and the only way we could actually be saved and we could actually change is by reading the Bible. So, yeah, I really appreciate that, I really love that. You didn't try to, like, bring your own knowledge. You know, most pastors, or should I say most pastors, most individuals who preach the Bible today try to use their own knowledge to preach to others. But the most important thing is, everyone's single understanding of the Bible. Yes. So, I'd love to ask one more question. Am I free to ask? Sure, absolutely. Okay, so, I'm a youth, and most of my listeners too are youth, we are teenagers, we are early adults. Yeah, most of us at least. And then, there's this trend recently, in recent years, and it's all about like, companionship, marriage, relationships. So Pastor, what is your view on this? This is, let's take this, just what's your view? Well, I'm not sure I understood the question. So <laughs> can I get you to restate it so that I can make sure I get have the right question? Okay, so <clears throat> the youth in this generation, the young adults, the early teenagers, the teenagers are all hyped, hyped up about relationships with the opposite gender then like what's your view on it i guess i don't understand what you mean by hacked off you mean are, hyped, are you saying hyped. that saying they are hyped they're hyped about it's like everyone seems to love going into relationships they see it as i don't know a way of fun or i don't know how to put it well give me an example of what you're talking about Pick one, pick one person, and tell me what they what they would be doing to, for this to happen. Okay, let's say it like this. Many youth out there now. The main purpose of dating is to get married, right? Yeah, exactly. But now it's going the opposite way. People are now dating just for fun and. I don't know how to say it, but that dates just for fun and fun that comes with it. Are we and talking about? Are we talking about sex? Is that what we're talking about? Sex outside of marriage, or what? Are we, I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like an addition with sex outside marriage, then relationships. I don't know. Yeah, just that. Well, oh, I mean, again, I'm going to take you back to what I said earlier that the Bible, in the Bible, God in Romans 8:28, God tells us that He created everything to work together for good. So that means if I want to have the best possible sex, I need to do it God's way. So what is God's way? One man, one woman, sex together. That's where I'm going to get my absolute best sex. So why, why is that true? Because once I start having sex with multiple people, it's going to affect the sex I have with the ultimate partner I have. So. It, until people actually experience it, they won't know it. And, and you have to go to somebody who has never had 
sex outside of marriage to get the, to get the uh, for, you know some answer to that that um, confirms it. I guess is the way I would say it. But that's the way he designed it from the beginning. He said he's, um, um, they become one flesh. A man and a woman join and they become one flesh. That's it. And then they're together for the rest of their lives. That's the way it's designed to work. So we might want to do it a different way, but that's, and it'll, we'll, we can make it work the other way, but it's not going to be right. It's not going to be the way that gives us the most joy, the most enjoyment. The most enjoyment is going to come if we experience all of that sex with a partner, the one partner that we can be open and honest and totally ourselves with, who we are not hiding anything from them. That's that's the one that's going to be the best sex possible. If that's what we're talking about, I'm not still not 100% sure that's where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, apart from that, speaking about man and woman, controversial question. What is your view on LGBTQ? Well, I guess the first I want to start with saying that God loves everybody. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do in this life. He loves you. He's going to love you the same if you're in that community or you are somebody that um, got married young and you're still with the same wife 70 years later. He loves you both the same. So that's not the question here in this because this life is all about you finding out how much he loves you and then returning that love. And he said he's created everything to work together for good. So when I think about addictions, uh, and I've had a few of my own, um, yeah, and addictions, by the way, you never get rid of addictions. They're, they're, gonna, they're there. You just have to understand that the ones that you can't be involved with anymore. Um, so I'll give you one example. Uh, let's talk about drinking alcohol. Um, I drank a lot when I was young. And um, at first, it allowed me to feel um, looser, um, kind of happier. Uh, and I would do things that I wouldn't have done otherwise. But I had a lot of bad experiences with alcohol where you get sick and you're... So when you look, look at it, is that the way God created us to do, drink alcohol? And it's in the Bible, I would say, yeah, we can drink alcohol, but he draws the line at when we lose our senses. In other words, when I make decisions that I wouldn't make if I didn't drink, that's where I've had too much alcohol. So I had to learn where to stop. And that's what I do now. I, I, one drink is all I can have because if I have more than that, I'm going to be stupid <laughs> and, <laughs> and do things I, <laughs> and do think I know what's going to happen because I've already been there several times. So I, I know what's going to happen. Um, but that's what life's all about. So he's created us to be one man, one woman. So if you, if a person chooses to not live that lifestyle, that's a choice they're making. I'm, I still love them the same, whether they make that lifestyle choice or not. doesn't change my opinion. And God still loves them the same. However, that's not the way he designed things. So will he accept that person into heaven? I have no clue. If they accept Jesus, because in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus died on that cross and rose again, you're saved. 
He doesn't say, oh, except the people that are in this uh, this community or that community or did this or did that. He doesn't have any exceptions there. So I, I, I don't think it's the best lifestyle personally, but I'm not, I've never lived it, so I don't know about it. And it's not my choice. I'm not supposed to be judging them anyway. It's not, it's not my responsibility. So. So we leave judgment to God who created all yeah. of us, because we are not meant to judge anyone. Yeah. We are not supposed to be judging anyone at all. So if you're in the community, don't feel offended, but we are not judging. You could go on as long as it's the choice you made. No one is judging, no one is judging you, and no one is forcing you to quit it. It's your choice. Everybody makes a choice in life. That's how we were created to make choices. So I think that's pretty much it for this episode. So, Pastor, before we close, we have this tradition on my show where the guests tell the audience their social media handles. Mostly Instagram though. So have you got an Instagram account? I'm I'm sorry. Are you asking for my handle on on like Twitter or something like that? Yeah, social media handle, but mostly Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I use. No, I I don't have any of that. I what I do have is um, I'm on Facebook and it's Reasoning with God, and I'm I have a website called ReasoningWithGod.com. So those are the two places that you can find. Uh, I've have have hundreds of um, blogs on the website. Probably one a week for the last six or seven years. So there's plenty of them on there, lots of different subjects. And you can search by words. So you can put a word in and find which which blogs will relate to that. But when I when I started writing the blogs, my purpose of the blogs was to help people with real life situations. You know, like I talked about that lane changing thing and how you can look at those kinds of things to say, how do I fit into this world and what is this world doing wrong? that I need to avoid? Where, where do I need to take a step in a different direction? Um, because in, in the Bible, he tells us there are two roads. There's the n- narrow road, which leads to, to the city of God, and the wide road, where more people are going to take, that leads to the city of man. So I want to take the narrow road. I want to go to the city of God, and uh, that's, that's how I live my life. So anyway, all those all those blogs are individual things. Like they'll talk about war, or they'll talk about marriage, or they'll talk. About, I don't care what you're, you you can find probably a blog on almost all those subjects at this point. And if somebody wants to find out, you know, if if I haven't done a study on it already, send me an email and I'll be glad to research it for you. And uh, Daniel, you have my email address. So. Yeah. So I'll put the Apple Pastor Bill Cohen's email in the description below with his website too. And be sure to check it out, guys, so you could upgrade your life and become a better you. And so if you're not yet sure what your purpose is yet, don't panic. You are not alone. <laughs> even, Moses, even Moses didn't know his purpose until he was 80. And then God led him to the Israelites. He led him to the, Israel- to the Israelites to get him out of Egypt. You know the story, Pastor? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So don't give up finding your purpose. Always remember, God has a plan for you. And in the meantime, while you are figuring out your purpose, 
why not listen to some other episodes of my podcast you can check it out the link is in the description below and be sure you subscribe share with friends follow us on social media and who knows your purpose might be to help others find theirs nobody knows and that might be yours i might have helped you find yours just right now who knows <laughs> and if not well at least you'd have some great entertainment to listen to thank you once more pastor cohen thank you thanks pastor for accepting to be a guest on my podcast and you made it lively too i really enjoyed this episode me too thank you daniel you're welcome pastor so it's your host daniel aka melagram and i'm signing out today cheers <laughs>